Welcome to my world, conspiracies and politics, two things that have been a large part of my mental focus over my last 10 years. But I recently experienced some changes that have reshaped my perspective thanks to this philosophy. Just about anything we feed our passion and energy that doesn't end up feeding us back can end up becoming debilitating, overbearing, and consuming. When I reflect on my experiences, I can now see that I was stuck in a state of duality, stuck in the right versus wrong, us versus them. And overall, I didn't understand the energetic cost of diving headfirst down the rabbit hole. In this episode, we touch upon the effects that these mentally stimulating passions can have on one's life. But of course, we go further and offer ways to utilize conspiracies and politics consciously for self-growth and for furthering our relationships with ourselves and others. At their roots, these subjects have been about utilizing knowledge to better one's life. So it only makes sense that we also use these to take responsibility for our emotions, respond rather than react, and use friction for growth. A better life is upon you, and that's no conspiracy. Let's journey. Aaron and Alexander, uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. My favorite topic to discuss and talk about, conspiracies, politics, really anything a person uh, can throw a lot of energy into uh, in the mental realm can really start to consume one's life. And I've been there, I've been there for a long, long time, 10 years, and I'm just starting to see the light. I've had some some really cool experiences over the past year, and uh, later on I'll share those. But Alexander, what makes these mental distractions like conspiracies, like politics, be so debilitating to uh, one's growth or one's journey away from uh, self. One thing to point out with this is that, you know, normally these things are entered into with uh, passion, like a, a seeking a direction to express a passion uh, that someone has. And many times people need to find a group outside of their family, even their intimate relationship um, or their social circles to feel like they can really step into their strength of their voice. And a lot of people use the computer for this so that they don't have to be present, um, that they can just deal with, uh, they're more easily able to manage the emotional output because they're, they can close the computer or they can just click off of a screen at any point. So from one respect, it's a, an opportunity to practice, maybe a person stepping into some strength 
um, in a way to build to other ways of strength. And maybe that's, you know, part of some of what you may share with your journey um, as how everything kind of goes in steps. So that's why we want to be understanding with wherever, you know, anyone is, is that everything is just at a step or a stepping stone, a stage. Uh, we brought up earlier when you were now were talking before the podcast about truth and how, you know, truth is really changing. And with many truths, if you don't have a different truth six months from now, then it's proof that you're not growing. So some people use their so-called truth to keep a check-in of whether they're actually growing or they're stuck in some patterns. And then some people choose, you know, at a certain point of their life to be very content with their truths and uh, choose not to grow anymore. But normally people that step into these realms of conspiracy is similar to the way people utilize their energy towards um, athletics or sports. Uh, some people use it toward uh, dogmas or religions. So we're certainly not pointing anybody out here. We're just bringing yet another example in of a different view of how uh, we choose to spend our energy which is infinite and limited simultaneously. At the beginning, I, I wanted to give a few people a shout out who have taken the journey with me over the past six months, and that's Kara, Megan, Ann, Lindsay, and James. They have been there and kind of side by side through this journey of coming from a conspiracy-minded and back into uh, looking at ourselves. And one of the things I wanted to say about what you were saying is people who look into this stuff, who put energy into this, it can become very overbearing to them where, like you were saying, it's easy for them to just hide behind a computer and then just shut it when they don't want to be uh, or get challenged. challenged or give that emotional energy to the thing anymore. And, and uh, that becomes a habit of a, uh, quote, conspiracy theorist is a lot of these things uh, they look into or start to believe as truth are very fear-based things and and fear is very debilitating to oneself and um and to those around as well i mean that's something else to add that you're not just affecting yourself these experiences are leaking out into those around you and that's exactly the point i wanted to make about this episode is not that we're saying um that conspiracies or politics are bad things um we merely by the end of the show want to explain how there's a way to look into these things and utilize these things uh, consciously for growth uh, like we talked about in past episodes with entertainment and sports, and there's a way that these things can become very debilitating to oneself. And we kind of want to just uh, show the difference and give you uh, ways to utilize these things if you choose to mentally entertain these. The way to utilize most anything or utilize this work with almost anything that you're doing is to realize that we are talking about managing and processing your emotions and understanding that those emotions are normally uh, being stimulated what seems like externally but for many many people it's creating reactions from the past so as we discussed in an earlier episode when uh, Aaron and I got together to watch our two favorite football teams play we had a completely different experience um, because I just tend to 
enjoy those in a different way than I have in the past. I know that I'm not invested in any way in either one of these teams, so I've learned to not take that stuff so serious and to actually be able to just enjoy the sport rather than the outcome. And that's what I want to bring into, you know, whether it's conspiracy theories, government stuff that's going on with the president or even on a smaller scale. It's beautiful that some people are so passionate about these areas and there's a necessity for that passion. That happens to not be the passion that I carry, but I respect and support those that do do that because, you know, there's a reason for everything out there. And this is why we work toward um, staying away from the dualities and focusing on polarity. And once again, in duality is resistance and emotions. And in polarity, there is acceptance uh, that all these different sides have to coexist. So what feeds many conspiracy theorists is having knowledge or an inkling of information that our mass society is not privy to. And so it can make one feel entitled. It can make them feel important. It can make them feel different. And for some people, that that feeds them. But the problem is, or the issue is, is that it stimulates a lot of negative emotions. And then those people, knowing it or unknowing, can take that out on people that they care about and that's around them. Even if they can't communicate it, they still have allowed it to affect them on an energetic level, an emotional level, and that leaks out. So understanding from the law of physics, when attention or energy is being focused in one area, it creates a void somewhere else. So all the energy that's going into whatever you're putting it into, you're leaving uh, that void somewhere else in your life. And many times it's the family or the intimate relationship that suffers with this. And so what we want to get across is that be into that stuff and even be passionate about it, but realize that if it's bringing up anger in you, then it's bringing the anger up for you to process and get rid of, not to be stuck in and certainly not to perpetuate. And that's what our social media and our fake news can do. It keeps our culture stimulated in this negativity rather than people just merely getting the opportunity to go, oh, this is making me really upset what certain views are of the president right now. And I can't believe that these people say things the way that they do. And as soon as you start going down that road, you're just leaking your energy rather than, you know, simply being firm and clear in the person that you are and doing your best every day to help the world in the ways that you can and not getting tied up and keeping up with all of the information that keeps draining your energy. We don't have to look at it as we're sticking our heads in the sand. We're merely making a conscious choice of where to put our focus so that we are creating the void in a place that's useful. So, for instance, if I choose not to partake in that, then that is my void. And I choose to put the energy towards something that is growing, such as going inside and seeing why, asking that wise why, why is this making me angry? Why do I feel like I need to defend my view? I'm being challenged by this person. And instead of projecting that externally, 
simply saying, oh, this reminds me of how my brother used to treat me, or this reminds me of things that my father used to say. Normally, there's an association. And if you take that opportunity to use that situation to change your association, that's stepping into your power. Just be willing to do this over a hundred times. It's all about practicing it. So this is where these situations uh, can be very valuable even. But the unfortunate thing is, is that many people are very strong-willed, very dogmatic about this. And that's why it brings out a lot of negative emotions for people. And many times they don't realize they're swimming in it until you start stepping away from it a little bit. And then you can start to get a better uh, kind of view of how it's affecting you. And maybe this would be a good uh, you know, spot for you to share a little bit of, of your story. Yeah, and I, I first wanted to bring up that in the bio section that we recorded a little over a year ago, you guys can go all the way back to that. It's, I think it's the first audio that we released on this podcast. I mentioned that I felt like the biggest conspiracy that I've seen was... Uh, the fact that everything society kind of shows us and and uh, decides that's cool or the news decides, you know, is the, the next best thing we're supposed to focus on. Everything is pulling us externally. And there's really nothing telling us that, in you know, to go internal, to, to have a relationship with yourself. And really the only thing is like if you go to see like a psychiatrist or something like that, and that's even deemed as like taboo in right. a way or looked or down. Or judged, as, yes. Yeah. And... And so when I said that, I, I believed it on some level, but it wasn't until my my recent interactions with the conspiracy community and my experience with conspiracy over the past year have I really stepped into that as my my true truth or my ultimate truth. And I owe Alexander a lot to this because in our conversations, he's always called conspiracies mental masturbation. Mm. And I remember having a little bit of a, of an internal reaction to that when he first said that because I was, I thought to myself, well, I like it. I like talking about these things. They feed me. They, they make me juice. I love um, just being curious and wanting to know more. And, you know, there's no end to knowledge. And I, I thought it was like an innocent thing. And it wasn't until I was around other people, you know, that had the same mindset where I could kind of see a mirror of myself and how um, these personas interacted with information and how it got to the point where it was blinding them into seeing how they how they acted or reacted or how they let the information run their life. And when I was able to, like you said, take a step back, it then started becoming more clear to me and, and it almost, um, repulsed me to think that I was like that at some point. You briefly mentioned being repulsed by how you formerly were uh, in a previous conversation, and maybe you can yeah, talk yes. about that. So one of the key steps to this is the step of observation or observing ourselves. And many times, even in uh, Western psychology, uh, we got to the point of pointing out that you know many of people's problems were established in their childhood. And unfortunately, many people choose to be a victim and of, of their past rather than moving through it. And 
that's kind of where we got stuck here in the West is, okay, well, now you've told me why I'm this way, but nothing is telling me what to do about it. And that's what's hopefully different about this philosophy is we want it to be completely a 360 degree that we don't only point out the problems, but the focus is on the solutions. And so one of the uh, steps of this is observing yourself doing the event till a point of that it disgusts you. And so many people will see that they've they're they'll become conscious that they're doing something and then they just say, okay, I'm going to stop doing that. And this is why from my perception, many people fail is that they they quit when they're still being drawn to do it. And so what I suggest is I say, watch yourself doing that. Just be with yourself while you're doing that action. It could be something as simple as uh, smoking a cigarette. Many people want to quit smoking, but they have this challenge because they actually enjoy it. But if a person, rather than just trying to quit, would truly observe themselves smoking and watch their hand going up to their mouth, pulling that inhale in, watching the smoke go out, considering what this is doing to their body, considering the aging that it's adding while maybe looking in the mirror while you're doing this. See, this isn't guilting yourself. It's not about guilting. It's just about truly watching yourself and seeing if this is truly feeding your soul or if it's not. And in enough observation, you will get to a point to where that action repulses you so much that you don't even have to struggle to so-called quit. You just lay it down. It's done. There's no aggression that needs to be done with it. And then after that, you carry a compassion for others that are still doing it to where when people stop stuff all of a sudden, normally judgment comes right away with anybody that still does it because they're still being challenged and invited to do it. And they don't want to deal with that, um, that part of themselves, that discipline. So it's easier to judge it. To where in this way, if you are observing yourself doing it every second of it and not guilting yourself, but just being honest with yourself, being truthful with yourself while you're going through the act, you will get to a point to where you don't like what you are experiencing. And that's different from just quitting something. You actually lay it down. I do think it's important to say that with conspiracies, you know, I spent about 10 years, quote, researching them and, and gaining perspectives from them. So they have been valuable in my life, but it's important to say that I don't believe them or disbelieve them now. I haven't like like shunned all the information, all the, quote, knowledge that I've gained. It's just that I don't have necessarily a preference. Or oh, the investment. Yes. I mean, so so now I can enjoy a conversation between two people who differ and I don't have um, a horse in the race anymore because I, I don't necessarily care uh, who's right or who's going to convince who an, anymore. Right. Even with a subject such as uh, whether the earth is flat or not, you know, there's a whole lot of energy that some people put into that, the proving of it, the disproving of it. But I look at it as, you know, there is a perception out there that you just choose what you put your focus on and to just go, huh, that's an interesting subject. Now, how did that make me feel or how did that make me emotionally react? That's what I'm more interested in. 
And then that's why. Why did that make me react? Why did that make me feel like I needed to defend one side or the other? Um, am I defending more interested in defending the more popular view or am I more interested in being the rebel and defending the, the less popular view? You know, this can show us things about our personality and it can help us to break these patterns and just simply know that these are normally patterns that are happening out of habitual nature and we've been trained it and see anytime we're in the subconscious. And once again, you know, it's been said that that we only use uh, 10 to 20 percent of our brain. And another way to look at that is potentially, you know, 10 to 20 percent of our brain is conscious and the other 80 percent is subconscious. And so what we're talking about in this podcast is just changing that ratio and being more conscious. And we don't have to do the whole flip flop, but bringing more attention into the conscious decisions and less focus on just letting the automaton or the machine or the the patterns uh, rule our lives. And it, this is what gets in the way of our conscious communication with people and see things that we plug into that feeds us in a way that drains our energy, uh, that drains our ability to be able to connect and to communicate with people. So, I'm all about whatever, you know, feeds you and gives you passion, go towards that. As long as it's not creating ripples that is, uh, you know, creating voids around you or in yourself. So utilize all of these different things that light you up to, you know, to be the inspector or the investigator uh, internally. And that's where this work is is very, very useful because after you go through recognizing these patterns and then you, you observe them for a long period of time and then they it will naturally it will almost organically just fall away. And I think that's what you were attempting to express a little bit earlier is that, you know, in the beginning when I would say that, you know, the conspiracy theories are similar to mental masturbation it's just it keeps the mind running it keeps it busy but it's not really focused on any true solution oriented uh vision or direction and that energy can be much more uh useful if it's turned inside to help a person grow and understand something about themselves rather than arguing externally about a concept or um you know a new idea that is floating out there on on the web. I do think that that some people would argue that uh, learning about these types of things that are kind of hidden to uh, everyday society does. I mean, it kind of does create a problem that people don't know about at first. And I think they would argue that it then allows them because they know about the problem to then focus on a solution. But in my experience, from what I've seen, so many of these are so large and and conceptual mm. that one person cannot make a difference. So if you know, for example, if we're talking about a secret society that is that is pulling all the strings of every country in the world, you know, how is one person supposed to to you know what can one person do to change that and it, it almost becomes debilitating because you realize internally that you can't do anything but you can't let it go because you've just you've gone too far you've invested too much energy to just forget it because once you know it you really can't forget it but that is only from my experience 
you know, all of my energy got taken out and it ruined, you know, I, I don't want to say ruined because I think these, my past personal relationships definitely played roles in my lives, but, sure. but I saw myself pour so much energy into these concepts. And so mentally all of my energy were going towards these when I could have been having a, a better relationship with right. my family with or, or my, um, romantic partner. Right. And, and like made my personal life so much better, worked on my communication and just enjoyed each other and learned from each other personally versus worrying about these things that really don't have an impact on my everyday life. Right. And, you know, and we want to take this to another stage, even past like these conspiracies to bring one's job into this, that just how serious one takes their job and lets that get in the way of, of once again these connecting with these people so there's nothing wrong with expanding your knowledge and and your vision of things but yes being able to discern you know where you are going to put your focus because that's what your energy so like a conspiracy of say fluoride you know fluoride is still put into our water system which is ridiculous it's, it's poison and it doesn't strengthen our teeth I mean and this can be tossed around and I've heard it tossed around in many conversations. So I don't necessarily look at that as a conspiracy, so to say. I just buy a water filter and I utilize non-fluoride toothpaste. So I can take what information is useful and, and that I can utilize and and use that. But I don't have to keep my energy all tied up into it, and I don't have to go on a big campaign to fight the fluoride industry or anything like that. That's just not my calling. If it's someone's calling, then please go do that. But pay attention and understand that our callings are different, people. So know that if you're talking to the right person about the right subject at the right time, in the right environment, then everything is being reciprocated. There is a flow there. So when you run into opposition, it is good to stand in your power to speak your truth non-emotionally, but you don't have to prove anything and allow others to speak their truth and then work your best when you see that you're in an impasse to change the subject or to remove yourself from that situation because soon as friction is created, uh, very, very rarely is either one, either side going to change their uh, stance so that's why conscious communication very rarely happens truly face-to-face. -face. Um, we need to work and process some of the emotions. And so that's why I suggest to people, you know, when you're in an altercation um, and the emotions arise, then unplug from the conversation as soon as possible. Go for a walk or a drive. Get to a room by yourself and release those emotions. Get it out to the wind, the sky, the trees, to Mother Earth. And because we're, they're so pulled to get these emotions out on other people for them to hear it. And that's not a good first step to consider getting that out, out in nature, just getting it out like a, a toxic food that's not in good in the belly. The stomach doesn't give you an option. It comes up. So we want to get those uh, emotions. This is part of emotional processing. And then when you go back to talk to that person about that subject again, there'll be less pressure. There'll be less emotion. So therefore, there's more likely to be more conscious communication. So if somebody does decide that fighting the fluoride fight is their calling or something they want to do, 
there's always a cost there that we've talked about in the past. And this is a big one because I've observed people who, who want to uh, challenge these types of things. And, you know, they're, they're taking on a whole mindset of society that that's how it's always been and then get upset when there's resistance or when they're called, you know, when there's that that opposite reaction where they're called names or, you know, called crazy. Right. So talk Judgments. about, yeah, talk about the cost of, of doing this. Yeah. So, you know, adhere to whatever responsibility that your actions, uh, you know, is going to attract. And so if you've are going to choose to be a rebel and go out there and discuss topics that you know are going to challenge people's everyday uh, truths, then, you know, what I like to suggest is to do it non-emotionally, to show that that the less that you react emotionally, the more secure it shows that you are on the subject and the more likely you are to actually change someone's view because hostility just brings more hostility. And in hostility, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone change their mind when hostility is around. But when you're able to speak your truth and be challenged by the opposite, but not get knocked off of your emotional axis and then show respect and receive that there. When people see that and watch that, they get inspired. They might not react right away. So I'm, you know, I'm suggesting to stay passionate about what you're passionate about, but just understand that passion doesn't have to be connected to aggressive emotions. You can be uh, very passionate about something, but be just matter of fact when you're explaining it and to expect opposition. And when you expect that opposition, that you're prepared for it. And that's the whole point of of uh, so-called um, paying attention to the cost is not that you're always going to attract that cost in like many people think uh, the law of attraction works. It's not, it's not that simplistic. Um, when you consider things that may be there, it prepares you. And many times you don't have to go through the full lesson if you are prepared to learn the lesson. And this is getting into uh, a little bit of a deeper subject on for another podcast. But, um, you know, nothing teaches you like experience, but we have these different degrees of experience that we can go through. And I happen to feel that the deeper the, the degree of the experience or the more cost of the experience uh, sometimes comes from the fact that we haven't been paying attention to the little messages that's being sent. And that's why, you know, the sooner the beauty of this subtle energy world is the sooner that you see the thing that needs to be adjusted, many times the less intense the lesson is that comes in to remind you. So reacting um, back when somebody's reacting to what you're saying also... Uh, justifies their initial reaction, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's so funny. I, I, I see this happen all the time that somebody will come in with an attitude and they'll just like kind of nitpick with somebody till they set them off. And then the person that truly initiated will go, whoa, what's going on with you? Why did you uh, react so much? And then they go, well, it's because of what you did. And so the whole point is, is that's what that frictional energy wants to do. It wants to jump from one person to the other. And intimate relationships just throw this back and forth, back and forth. But the key is, is that 
if you prepare and when that emotion is thrown on you or that so-called negativity is thrown on you, it's similar to a child that wants attention. If you don't give it any attention, they will stop. But if you give it any attention or you enter into uh, the field of play, then there's no telling how extreme that can go. So it is pretty much a uh, you know an interesting fact that when somebody comes to you and throws negative emotions on you, if you're able to not react in any way and respond compassionately by just knowing that every time somebody has an emotional reaction, they are not seeing it clearly. That's a fact. So that can become your default. And if you don't look down on them, you don't say anything, uh, really, you don't have to say anything at all, but especially anything negative or challenging, it forces that person at when they walk away from that interaction to look at what they just did or what they just said. And many, many times those people are willing to see that because there was no friction created. And this is the beauty of conscious communication and responding in life rather than reacting. A response carries no emotional reaction. Reacting comes from that emotion. And consciousness comes from responding from this life and responding to your environment and those that are around you. Not controlling, not manifesting, not annihilating, not judging. So this helps from my standpoint, with compassion and understanding of all the different roles that really people are here to do. And I hope that I can continue to just recognize people when they're in a certain role and thank them for being in that role so that I don't have to play that role and uh, carry compassion rather than judgment. And uh, yeah, in the roles is exactly what I wa- what I just wanted to bring up because all we're talking about here is consciously utilizing Um, something like conspiracies or politics as a role in your life to learn from it. And this is exactly what I feel like conspiracies played a part in my life as a role. And, and so I could then process a lot of this emotion, um, from past, uh, emotional trauma experiences and utilize this to, to view where, where I'm struggling in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the main point of, this philosophy and this work is to utilize our everyday life and everyday interactions, how to make us uh, stronger, more solid, more clear, and more compassionate beings. And uh, with that, you know, everyone is one of the pillars. Everyone is your teacher. That doesn't mean that if that's a fact, that's still a choice. You choose to make everyone your teacher. Uh, that doesn't mean that you have to, but it's an opportunity. So each and every time someone elicits some emotion inside of you, uh, they are giving you an opportunity to learn. Therefore, they are your teacher. And if you learn to respond to them rather than react, um, it will normally dissipate the energy. And as you learn more about yourself, it dissipates that type of need for that interaction. That doesn't mean that person is going to stop doing it overall. It just means that they'll find somebody else to create that friction with. So, you know, uh, work hard, work steady out there, people. um, But create the wars, but create them inside. And in those battles, um, you know, the the only losses are uh, the ego, 
and that's what we should be interested in utilizing enough to keep us moving forward in life, but regulating it to make sure that it doesn't override us and make us want to overpower in any way situations or people. Yeah, and I would just like to add, um, as we're now at the end of this episode, if conspiracies or politics, if this is really something that you have a passion or a fire for, utilize this and and redirect that energy back internal. And even if you have to use the us versus them paradigm to uh, to do this and say that they don't want me to be internal, so I'm going to go internal and work on myself because they don't want me to, because they know that if I do this, then I, I'm essentially an enemy of everything out there. Because if I work on myself, to me, in my opinion, this is the way that we change the world. By working on ourselves, we will then ripple the effect. People will see the change in us and be attracted to that energetically. And together, we will change the world. Yes. And this is connected to that saying that, you know, be the change that you want to see. And This is exactly, it's about not what we preach or teach that we're doing, but what we exemplify, uh, how long we hold a vibration. And when those around us see us get challenged and we continue to hold that vibration, nothing inspires more than that, than seeing an example being challenged and them succeeding and holding down what they truly hold in their soul to be true. And I know I've been through many of these types of challenges at this point in my life, and it's done nothing but create compassion for the many different roles that people play out there and that are not really aware of. And this gets into, you know, why I really feel like uh, Jesus and Gandhi, Yogananda, Buddha, so many different different teachers uh, spoke of love in a very similar way. Um, they spoke of a lack of force to make change. You know, we continue to grow in our power to be energetic beings and seeing these more subtle energies as science continues to find smaller and smaller particles to study. Uh, That was all part of growth. But even in science, see, they're going more internal. They just keep going deeper. So that's where we um, that's where we grow. We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The information in this podcast has been developed over 20 years by Alexander in his observation of his personal life, private practice, and professional environments. This information is meant for educational purposes only and is not suggested as a replacement for traditional therapies or medications. As a matter of fact, we suggest to not believe any of this information, nor any of the information out there in the world. Remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. We are looking forward to continuing to provide this information through this platform, and if you are drawn to support us, you can do so by the following. Sharing is caring. Share the podcast with like-minded individuals. Emotional responsibility and energetic wisdom can save the world. If you are drawn to support us monetarily, you can do so by 
visiting our patron page where you can make a monthly donation in exchange for exclusive Wise Wise perks. You can do this by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Next, you can head over to Alexander's website where you can book private consultations in person, by phone, or on Skype, find out more information on his live performances, class schedules, products, including birth chart analysis reports and music, and check out more information on his sound therapy tables. To do so, you can visit vibrotune.com, V-I-B-R-O-T-U-N-E dot com. Finally, if you have been searching your entire life for consciously created apparel featuring the WiseWise Wise logo apparel, Alexander theme clothing, or other alternative perspective designs, you can head over to Verity's Apparel, where you can find all that and more. That is veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. We want to thank you for being part of this journey.